Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and my favorite story fiends to Their Stories Everywhere, the mostly fiction podcast that likes to say there's a story everywhere. Today, we're having Lisa Marie Woods on, Elle Marie Woods, who is going to be telling us about her most recent piece, The Black Hole. That was not what I thought I was getting when I started reading this story. Because of <laughs> course, when you start reading a story that says the black hole, you think sci-fi. Yep, yep. And then I got something else entirely. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and like it to change was, things up every now and then. <laughs> it was fantastic. I was just like, wait, 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 wait. Total, total just subversion of, ex- of expectation. Mm. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think it's fun that way. I mean, every now and then, you know, <laughs> change yeah. up things, that, change the expectation. I don't want people to be so comfortable every time they pick up an Elmarie Wood piece. Sometimes I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise you. <laughs> Yeah. My thing is just, I've always enjoyed your work. I actually just recently also read Telecommuting. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And Telecommuting was another one where I was like, this makes me not want to work from home. (laughs) I'm serious. This makes me not want to work from home. (laughs) True. I'm going to go find myself a library somewhere. where there are other people. See, that's cool. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You want to make people, because for me, I mean, writing horror fiction, right? Mm -hmm. You, there's an expectation of someone being frightened, but it's not just, usually people are thinking, oh, this thing is going to scare me in the short term. I'm always going for the thing that you remember later. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm going to say right now, I remember both both of these stories quite well. And I'm like, yep. And there's a reason I don't, I, I don't do paintball. I don't do woods. I don't do camping. I don't know. I've seen too many of the wrong movies to go camping. Yeah. I don't know how people camp at all. I don't know. <laughs> I, not having, you know, lived through the seventies, eighties and nineties in film. I don't know how they're camping at all. Yes. It's like, I have seen too many of the wrong movies for mm-hmm. camping. And it's just like, yeah, no, mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. well thank you so much for reading my work i really appreciate that I'm glad you like it oh i love it i'm i'm a student of the horror genre so it's like yeah whenever i get a chance to sit th- sit down and read something it's like how creeped out do i want to be right now <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true it's true but tell us a little bit about the black hole, just to give give us a a quick teaser of what they can be, what my readers can be looking forward to when they get this book. So the black hole is about paintball gone awry. I mean, really, in short, right? It's so much more than that. But that's if I had to give just a one, like an elevator speech about it, that would be it. These, these colleagues at work get into, in effect, what turns into sort of a bet between 
these two guys. And so each of them bring a team along with them and they end up in the woods doing this paintballing excursion. And one team has, you know, paintballs as you're supposed to, but the other team doesn't, you know, that that's not what they're carrying. That's not what's in their guns at all. And it becomes a, a you know, a, an exercise in pray and escape. And, um, it's unexpected and no one's prepared for it on the other team, the paintballing team. They're, they're, they weren't really prepared for the actual paintballing experience, let alone, you know, having to run for their lives, but run for their lives, they absolutely have to. And it happens really, really quickly. Well, you don't get too far into the story before everyone's running and hiding in the woods. <laughs> yeah, and running and hiding in the woods. For those of you who've never done running and hiding in the woods, it's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> nope, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. But, what, go ahead. But yeah, that is, that's something, that's something a lot of people probably don't think about is they think about what, when you think about woods, they think parks. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about when you're driving on the highway and all those trees you see along the road on the side, it's like never ending trees. That's what I mean. That's the woods I'm talking, I'm talking about, you can't hear the highway. You don't know where the exit is. I'm talking about deep into the woods and people, you know, have businesses out there. This is not even a far-fetched idea. You know, no. if you live in an area that's sort of off the beaten path, you, sometimes you can find um, like an antiquing store could be in the woods or, you know, a, 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 I don't want to call it knickknacks, but I mean, like, I don't want to call it a junkyard either, but sort of that kind of stuff, you know, you secondhand bumpers or, you know, yeah, items that you could use to fix your car, fix something in your house that, you know, you don't have to go to an actual store and buy brand new. You can get that kind of thing from a store that's out in the woods like this. I mean, all tractor parts, if you will. They, these stores exist and they're not even that far from the cities. It's funny when you live in a city or even in a suburban area, you think that stuff is way, way out there. No, usually it's only about one left turn in and like five minutes down the road and you start to see woods and cows and things you didn't know were back there. So yeah. it's not even that far removed. Stuff, you pick places where the deer hang out. <laughs> <laughs> When they stand on the side of the road and watch the car go by because they're not disturbed by it, then you know you've gotten to this part of town I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I lived on the side of a mountain at one point. The deer were not surprised by trucks. <laughs> no. no, yeah, you know what I'm talking. You know what kind of woods I mean. Yes, the kind of woods where, yes, you will trip and fall. Yes, mm -hmm. there are. there's 10 years worth of dead leaves down here. And they make noise. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I know. The woods. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a reason why I don't live on the side of a mountain anymore. <laughs> it's like dark means something completely different when you're in the woods, like the real woods. You have not seen the dead of night unless you are in an area like that. So... Yeah. Yeah, and that's where this story takes place. I mean, when, I, when you're writing it, of course, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for these folks. The characters, I'm putting them so much, you know, through so much horrible stuff. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's fact. I mean, it has to be set that way or else it's really not authentic. But, yeah. you know, real life, real life can be terrifying. And I don't, I think that, again, if you live in a metropolitan area or the outskirts of one, you truly don't have any real feeling for what it's like 
just 10 minutes away from where you are. No. So what made you decide that you wanted to write this one? Where did, where did, where did the black hole come from? Interestingly enough, I went on a paintball excursion with some friends and this story was there. I mean, now mind you, there were no guns. There was no, this is not the same scenario, but it, it, we, we went in and you know, a bunch of us and it was a wooded area. It was only a little bit off the beaten path, right? You could kind of hear civilization if you will, but we were still in some wooded area. And a um, friend of mine had a bunch of friends who were gonna go, they invited us along. We meet up with this other team. You know, you go and you pay your money and you, 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 you know, play whoever's there. And somebody had a, a, a smoke bomb, <laughs> like a smoke, I mean, I'm, like we're in the real war, a smoke bomb and a sidearm. And like we had communication devices in our ears and it was intense. It was like, they were serious. And, I came out there just to have fun and play a game. I didn't realize how like serious this was until I got out there. <laughs> then these people were like all decked out and all the this military. I had on black sweatpants, right? I'm like, these folks are like decked out vests and stuff. It was really kind of amazing. And a friend of mine and I were not ready, right? So she and I are laughing, especially since when the smoke bomb went off entirely too early, because obviously they don't know what they're doing. They throw this thing at the beginning of the game and we're like we're not even this is not when you need cover like this is capture the flag wait a minute <laughs> right but the thing goes off we start laughing and now we've given away our position so now we're like now they're after us i neglected to mention that it's october so the paintballs if you know anything about paintballing oh. the balls they need to hit you and pop you shouldn't really even feel it it should just break in this paint on you in october these balls didn't pop every single time. And, it, and when they didn't pop, it was like a rock hit you, right? So, which was made it so much worse. So they're hitting us and we're, you know, you get hit, you, you, if you get hit, you are out. But some people on our team were getting hit and screaming because it hurt like a rock. So now we hear them screaming. We're like, oh no, why are they screaming? Now we're terrified, right? <laughs> I, get, <laughs> I get pinned behind this downed log. And I'm like laying in the, in the leaves, like trying to hide, which if you know me, I'm not trying to lay in any leaves. Like I'm bugs are for real for me. And I'm like not laying in the leaves, but I was face down. Like, nah, I didn't care. Something in my mind was like, this is not a game and you need to hide. <laughs> and I'm laying in these leaves and these, every time a paintball hits somebody, they're screaming. And I'm like, oh no. And I start talking in my walkie talkie, like, with, I mean, you know, the communication thing. And I'm like, somebody cover me. Y'all gotta cover me. <laughs> like, I'm probably like stage whispering entirely too loud. And I could hear somebody like walking near me. The panic that I was feeling at the moment was like ridiculous. Like, even I could tell it was ridiculous. I could, like, part of you telling yourself, like, calm down with your problem. It's just pain. But I literally wasn't, oh my gosh. So when I finally decided I had to make a run for it, like, this is where your head is. I have to like, we're, I'm running for my life. I was like, I have to go for it. I have to run. So I like sprayed the area with my paintballs and took off and somebody caught me in my back. And so I was out and it hurt. It, it popped, but it hit me. It hit me like, like a rock and it popped. My friend had been shot already. So we're standing on the side, pretty much happy to be out of this thing now. My husband comes over and he's got this knot. And well, at first it was funny because it just looked like, <laughs> he said he got shot in the head and it was funny until we saw how big the knot was. And we were like, oh my God, Michael. So 
then when you, but the problem is if the paint doesn't break, so nobody knows you've been shot. So he just kept getting shot as he was trying to get off the field. Oh my God. What, so I came home and wrote this story, <laughs> or at least the beginnings of the story, because it was a harrowing experience and it was great, but it was crazy. Right. I got shot in my knuckle on the second round. I thought my finger was broken. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing a third round. I think I'm out. <laughs> I think I'm finished. <laughs> but yeah, that's so yeah, that's the real life story of where this one came from. <laughs> wow. Totally was not expecting that. But okay. Oh my gosh. Note to self, don't do paintball. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've never been paintballing before, but I am fairly certain that if I did go paintballing, it would be a very interesting experience in a way I don't want it to be. It was, I didn't expect to be so frightened by it. I think it was, it was cold. Like you could feel the chill in the air. So now you're trying not to breathe too heavily so you can see the air, the breath and the paintballs hurt. And then the crunching of the leaves, I'm gonna tell you what, that was an amazing experience. Like being stuck, like I had a good hiding spot but I could hear people near me. And I was like, wow, I'm gonna be found out. I don't know how people handle that. I obviously could not because I like wigged out in my little earphone thing. My husband told me later I was like hollering in my little communication device. Because <laughs> I, I was like, somebody cover me. I need to get up from here. And I, it was just, I couldn't, it was the craziest thing. I felt like I was in, in war, in battle. It was not good for me. <laughs> no. But it, it give you a new appreciation for those people who go out there and do that for a living. Yeah, I don't know how they can, I don't know what they say to themselves to like, because there's, there's there, this is not a game at all in their lives. They're, this is a real thing. How do they settle their mind enough, you know? Because yeah. I always thought, you know, I because I, like I said, I sprayed the area when I got up just instinctively. I'm like, I'm shooting everything and then I'm getting out of here. And it was like, I couldn't have done anything differently. I couldn't have like stopped myself from spraying yeah. these bullets. And it was amazing. An amazing, I, well, I, I have to say taking from it. And I've gone since then one other, uh, two other times, which why, right? But, you know, work has these retreats and you end up going to these team building things and this is just, that was, <laughs> we had a good time. At least they, they broke on us this time. It was the middle of the summer, but it was still kind of, you know, challenging. <laughs> so at least I got something from it, right? And I think that at least, the, I think the story resonates not only from a paintball, you know, uh, mindset, but also from some of the realities of life that we're dealing with these days. I think it actually speaks to that stuff too, which is kind of an interesting you know, byproduct of this weird experience I had. So eh, it worked out. Yeah. That sounds like you had a, you had a harrowing good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Because <laughs> that's just, it's to me, simulation war to me has always been one of those ones where I go, nah, I'll, I'll skip it. Thanks. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> But we never expected that smoke bomb. I'll tell you what, <laughs> smoke bomb was my undoing. I just <laughs> you just started laughing. 
when you see that, honestly, if you're in the wrong mindset and you see somebody throw a smoke bomb, it's like literally the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. Like truly, yes. I was like that, this dude is really serious. He's real serious. And then I, like 10 minutes later, I'm totally serious, right? But in, in that moment, I wasn't serious yet. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Okay. You want to give us a reading? Oh, sure. Why not? Read us a little bit. All right, here we go. I'm going to start at chapter five. I think that that's, you can get the mindset of where these guys are at this point. Okay, let's go. Both teams got their ammo and bought extra just in case they ran out in the heat of battle. While they loaded their guns, Martin and his team had a strategy huddle. We have to be ready for them to come out of a bag on us. Jeremy knows this is our first time playing. We're not going to let him take us though, right? He questioned. No, man, this will be a piece of cake. We just have to stick to the plan. Get the flag and cover each other, Kevin offered. We should make sure that we have one person at the fort protecting the flag at all times, just in case they infiltrate somehow, Chuck added. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about you, but I want, I want to be out in the middle of things. I want to go for the flag and bring it home, Robert said uncharacteristically. Robert was usually the one who waited for people to take control of things before he jumped in. He'd been that way for as long as Martin had known him, and that was about 10 years. In high school, he would go out for wouldn't go out for basketball unless at least one of his boys was going out too. He wouldn't go to a party unless one of his boys was going, even when a girl asked him to go. He even went to Howard University because Martin and Kevin were going. So when he stepped up to the plate, wanting to be the first one to go for the flag, everyone looked at him in shock. Robert looked at their surprised eyes and said, what? A brother can't wait for his 15, want his 15 minutes of fame? They laughed and rolled their eyes. Uh, Sean looked over at the group while the laughter subsided. They weren't in a huddle like his team was, strategizing and planning. They weren't talking to each other at all. Jeremy and his team were, all, were staring at them. One of them was looking right into his eyes. Sean looked back, unwilling to tear his eyes away, unwilling or unable. Everything else became dark around him. Tunnel vision blocked everyone else out. The shirt the guy was wearing was completely out of focus and the features of his face were blurry. The only things Sean could see clearly were his eyes. They were a light shade of green, but to Sean, they looked as black as ebony dark and small. They were so hot they could bore holes into his head, he thought. He looked away to shake himself from the grip. You okay, man? Craig asked. He looked like he had just seen a ghost. Craig looked in the direction that Sean had been staring and saw nothing out of the ordinary. Just the other team going over their plans just as they had been doing. He put his hand on Sean's back and said, man, what's the deal? I don't know. I thought I saw something. I thought he stopped short and looked at Chuck. Chuck was staring at him with dark eyes for one second. When he blinked, Chuck looked normal. He looked like a regular guy concerned for his teammate, not like a ghoul or a man with something up his sleeve, just a regular guy. Nothing, I'm cool, I'm cool, Sean said. He glanced tentatively back at Chuck who still looked normal, a shiver crept up his spine. Okay, since Robert's laying down the law, we will go with that plan, Kevin continued. 
me and Rob will go up the middle with for the flag. We'll need to say, we'll need, I'm sorry, we'll need to stay with our flag and everyone else will have to disperse and take care of things as they come. Sound like a plan? Yeah, that'll work, Sean offered. He sounded more like he was trying to convince himself than just agreeing. They broke the huddle and prepared for the referee's word. A beefy man dressed in fatigues with a fluorescent orange pullover vest stretched tightly across his torso stood between the teams. Martin looked at him and nodded hello. The man returned a smirk and glanced over to Jeremy's team with a knowing glance. Confused, Martin looked at Kevin who was standing next to him and said, did you see that ref? What's up with that? I don't know, man, he said, and he looked at Jeremy and his friends. They were ready, mentally and physically. They had all the extras also, the smoke bomb, the sidearms, grenades, you name it. He didn't even know they made that, those kinds of accessories for paintball. Something about that made him nervous. Martin shook his head lightly. Don't sweat it, he finished. The referee spoke loudly into the bullhorn. In a muffled voice, he yelled, the idea is to get the flag and take it to your fort. If you get hit three times, you're out the game for good. Do y'all get that? The game is over when one team is taking the other team's flag or when there's only one man standing. Got that? Play to the ends, boys. This is war. He held up two bandanas, one yellow and one red. This is your flags. Jeremy's boys got the yellow one and you boys got the red one. He tossed the flags lackadaisically to Martin. If there ain't no questions, I say, let's get this going. Any questions? No one said anything. When I blow this whistle, it means y'all got about one minute to get to your places. When I blow it again, the game starts. Here she goes. He licked the perspiration off his upper lip and blew into the whistle. The two teams dispersed, hanging their flags in equidistant forts on low branches and securing their hiding places. They moved without a sound. Martin and Sean were protecting the flag. Robert and Kevin were the flag runners going up the middle on opposing sides of the path. And Craig, Chuck, and Gary were on the outskirts protecting the flag runners like linebackers. When Kevin got to his hiding place, he could hear Sean behind him breathing heavily. What is it, man? You okay? Yeah, man, I'm fine, John responded, but he was far from fine. The whistle sounded for the second time. The game had begun. And that's it. That's chapter five. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of the action. We're getting started here. All right. So we have a group of African-Americans versus another group and they know each other from work? Only two of them do. Only two of them do. Yeah, okay. and so each team assembled a group of their own friends and they brought them to this, this spot to play a game based upon a discussion that the two people were having in the office. <laughs> okay. So it starts out as something of a bet and mm -hmm. then it goes down the proverbial hill at that point. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and we can see how those things happen. I mean, back when we all used to work in offices and this home, working from home thing wasn't as prevalent, right? Because of, for whatever reason, we all understand why. Um, you 
would have these debates in the office. It could be about a game that happened the night before, some fantasy football thing, some, you know, discussion about, you know, they have these places where you can go and play golf. And so then you can go talk smack about, you know, putting and whatever, you know, there's places where you can go and rent the space and hit and everyone's hitting into this one big thing. And all those sorts of debates can happen. It's kind of part of office banter. Um, so it's kind of a common, you know, I used to run a fun committee way back when in, in an office and we would get together and not only like, you know, just de-stress after the day, after the week's work, but sometimes we would have, you know, these competitions could be a video game competition, could be basketball at the local park, you know, the team wants to get together and play. We had softball leagues. These kinds of things happen. And so it's not beyond the realm of possibility that two people could get into a heated debate and decide to play this game on the weekend. I mean, that's kind of, we spend most of our lives working, right? So you, you end up making friends in these locations. And sometimes friendship doesn't always come the same way, right? Friendship can be that your relationship is this sort of competition thing all the time. And yeah. you know, sometimes you have a closer, more amicable relationship, but sometimes that is the nature of it. And so I could see that battle happening in, you know, office yeah. discussion and then they go bring it into the weekend why not it at the end like of it the kind of thing if happens. things were normal you'd end up getting beers all of you the 12 of you together both teams grab a beer right <laughs> but yes. that's not what happens here <laughs> if that were if if it were normal right <laughs> if it were normal but we're in a horror book right in exactly. a horror book you're not you're not getting beers it's whoever's getting out alive. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and so, I mean, that's the spin. And I think that the realistic buildup is something. I mean, the realistic buildup makes you feel like it could be really plausible. And that's the terror of it. That's the thing that should stick in people's heads later on that, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I wonder, so. But he's... um my i used to work in an escape room so of course i know team building activities yeah those are fun though i love that <laughs> yes but it also makes me wonder exactly how many times someone has used that kind of thing to possibly get somebody mm -hmm. i could totally write that that would be that would just be for giggles so why it, it's a good story it makes sense you look at these look the room is locked for an hour <laughs> okay you have to people have to try and figure out a way to get themselves in and out of this thing i did the scary one what's terrifying oh my gosh oh it was scary it was great it was so good but we couldn't get out and it was messed up because we really tried we were trying so hard but <laughs> we were stuck but it was terrifying in there now imagine you know this person but yeah, so I used to do that on a regular basis, and that is, that's amazing, though. I, I love this book already. Thank you. I love this book already. I loved telecommuting. I can't wait to see what, what happens next in your career. And please tell us where we can find you and find the book. Oh, sure. Well, if you want to learn about me and anything else I'm writing, please just go to my website. That's elmariewood.com. 
And uh, this book is going to be available anywhere, but right now it's on pre-order at uh, mochamemoirspress.com. You'll find it on Amazon at some point as soon as it releases. And um, yeah, I mean, I've got a couple other things coming up this year that you can definitely learn more about on my website. I am on Twitter mostly when I'm talking, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, social media and I are not, I, I just can't do all of them. <laughs> so I've chosen Twitter, it seems, is the place that I communicate most. So if you're looking for me, that would be at Elmarie Wood, the number one. And I also do have a Facebook page and it would be facebook.com slash Elmarie Wood. Yay! <laughs> But yes, it has been fantastic having you. And as once again, Story Fiends, make sure that you are subscribing to the podcast so that you can catch up with all of the lovely people that we have who come on and all the lovely stories that can be found everywhere. <laughs>